Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Shane Benson. Launch University community, so glad that you joined us today. Um, As a reminder, um, as launchers, we're all trying to be difference makers, and oftentimes there's a gap from where we are today to where we want to be, and so we try and connect you with other launchers that maybe are one step ahead or on that journey as well so that we can learn from each other. So, so blessed today to be joined by the co-founders of Addo, which if you didn't know, that is the Latin term for inspire. And so um, the co-founders are Kevin Scott and Garrett Gravison. And so we're excited that uh, you guys are with us today. This is going to be a lot of fun. And we got a lot to learn from you guys because this is like the third of three companies that you've started. Um, and so take us. We're going to go through a little bit of a journey on what Addo's about, what you guys do. Um, and we'll pop questions here and there. But so glad you guys are with us. Thank you so much. Thanks. We're so glad to be here. Yeah. So let me start with a little bit of back history on what Addo is. For those folks that may not know what Addo does, um, give us a little history there. Yeah, well, as you said, Shane, Addo is the Latin word for inspire, and we want to inspire leadership. We want to help leaders across the country from cradle to career uh, really ignite their leadership passion and help inspire them on their journey. And so we've now done that uh Across uh, six continents, Garrett's been to seven, so I haven't, I haven't made an Antarctica. I think with him. Garrett, I think there's a backstory. You've actually kissed a penguin in a tuxedo. Is that <laughs> That's right? That's my claim to fame. That's, That's your right. claim to fame. All right, fantastic. We'll tie it into leadership in a if second. If that we'll doesn't inspire that. you, I don't know what does. Okay, yeah. all right, it's great. But yeah, we so at more than a hundred countries, just working with leaders, and Addo is really fortunate because. We get to do it at a lot of different levels now, from an elementary school character program to high school programs with Chick-fil-A and the Atlanta Braves to a college program at Auburn University, and uh, then working with executives and teaching leadership at that level as well. So we love the idea of, of inspiring people. And so that's why one of the things we love about what you guys are doing is you're inspiring people to launch something. And so we, we're pumped about that. How did you guys you look back? Um, what was the, I guess, the birth of this entrepreneurial gene in you? Because, like, again, this is not the first time you've done this, and you guys have partnered on some other things together, but can you give us a little back history on what, what was the spark or the entrepreneurial spark that started all this? Yeah, and I think we both have probably moments. I would say that as anyone listening to this, that life comes down to moments. And we remember moments, uh, probably not days, years, but we remember in the moment, how are you going to act and what are you going to do? And so... I think my favorite kind of leadership tip or lesson, if someone's listening, is simply remember this. It comes down to 10 seconds of insane courage. And I say insane because it's insane. And will you have the courage to act and choose courage over comfort when those moments happen in life? And so for me, I remember I my first job out of college, I was working in Hong Kong. Trust me, I could barely find it on a map. It's halfway around the world from Atlanta. But I remember working 18 hours a day, six and a half days a week. And in the moment, I remember um, seeing my boss miss he and his wife's anniversary and four-year-old daughter's birthday. And I knew in that moment when I had the opportunity to get that job after that summer, that that was not the type of leader I wanted to be. I didn't want to work those long hours. I didn't want to be away from my future wife. I want to be an amazing husband and father one day. And I didn't want that. In the moment, what was I going to choose, courage or comfort? And then 
Uh, Kevin and I kind of connected and related through a charity. I spent a year in Africa. I didn't know anything about HIV or AIDS or orphanages or kids or any of that, but 80 kids, one moment, one time, one little boy asked me one simple question. Couldn't say my name Garrett, couldn't say my last name Gravison. He called me Gigi, my initials, and he said, Gigi, Gigi, everyone says they'll be back. Will you really come back and see us? And in that moment, did I have the, the 10 seconds of insane courage to, to say yes, to come back, to do something, um, to serve other people, to help out. And I think Kevin and I, in our friendship of over 10 years and three companies later, I think in those moments, when we have a chance to choose, I would like to think that we have at least mustered up the courage to try to do the right thing. So that is, uh, let's hit the pause there, because I think there's, there's something powerful there, this 10 seconds of insane courage, is that what you said? Yeah. How do you balance these courageous moments or these moments when you need courage with the wisdom in that moment as well? Is there, how do you do that? Yeah, I think the first thing is you have to say with all courage, there comes fear. And I think we have to acknowledge fear, look it straight in the face, open the cage and, and admit that, hey, there's, psychology says there's nine fears that hold all humans back. The biggest one's probably the fear of failure. Also, there's the fear of the unknown, the fear that I'm not good enough, the fear that it's not good enough. Um, there's all these fears, and I think the first step in having the courage to launch is acknowledging your fears and not letting our brain automatically go to the negative of, I don't know, therefore I won't do, but saying, hey, just because I don't know what's behind door number three, maybe what's next or what's possible or what's unknown could even be better than what my current situation is. Wow, that's awesome. So as you guys thought about what it would take to launch Addo, think back. What was that courageous moment where you had to go? I mean, here we are in your office space, which for a lot of people, that's scary. You know, making that commitment <laughs> to put down the capital necessary to build out the infrastructure and the couches and the chairs and the tables and conference rooms. What was that moment for y'all where you went, okay, this is real. We're going to do this. I just remember sitting uh, six years ago at a lunch with Garrett, and I think it comes down to what what are our passions, what what drives us, what's the vision we had. And at that time, to be really honest, it felt like our visions were probably completely different. Uh, Interesting. And, and probably different from even what we're doing, Garrett. Sure, probably no. At the time, we look at each other and we say, what are you going to do? Uh, what, what's next for you? And I remember Garrett saying, man, I'm going to Cuba. And I know now people, it's the kind of the everybody's into Cuba these days, you can go. and the. But at that time, you had to get a legal license to, from the United States government to be able to go. And Garrett was pursuing that, you know, I guess at that time, North Korea and Antarctica and Russia <laughs> and all the crazy places he'd been, they were getting boring. So he needed <laughs> to new spice it up. So that was what Garrett wanted to do. He wanted global leadership, to teach leadership globally. And for me, you know, I've... Growing up, very uh, kind of middle-income family. My dad was a firefighter, first person in my family to graduate from college. And I wanted to provide leadership opportunities for young people who may not have access to that. So, you know, what, how do we give young people those opportunities at every end of the socioeconomic spectrum? And so I just remember Garrett. This is – Garrett – for a lot of people, 10 seconds of insane courage is crazy. For Garrett, it's his lifestyle. It's every day. It's, and I just remember him saying, well, let's just do it together. Let's go to Cuba. You help me get people to come to Cuba. I'll help you plan your first event. And we said, well, all right, I want to do student leadership, and you want to do global leadership. Let's, let's inspire leadership from students to executives around the world, thought leaders. Let's do leadership together. And so 
You explain that in about 10 seconds, so that's a perfect example. That's a perfect example. I love it. This is what's crazy for the people listening. The company before that Garrett and I were involved with baked out business plans, financial models, budgets. Addo, no business plan, no financial model, no budgets, but there was a, a vision and a passion of a world that we knew could be different. And and so many times, this is, so I want to be clear, the advice is not to not have a business plan, to not have a budget, to not, but you eventually have to you have, gotta rules, have that. Right. But, but what matters so many times is that vision of a future that's better. And when you're so passionate about that, I think you're willing to get through a lot of the junk. So I think, I do think there's a lesson out there for all of us as launchers. And I'd be curious your take on this. So, what advice would you give to somebody that's out there and they're either trying to launch their career, they're trying to launch a business around what you're passionate about? Because I heard both of you say, although you were passionate about the same thing, you saw the interconnectivity of those things. And so, what advice would you give launchers about making sure there's passion? Yeah, I'd say there's two approaches. There's gradual or radical. Kevin can take the radical one with burn the boats. I'll take the first one with gradual. So famous story, the Wright brothers, they always wanted to build an airplane, but they didn't have the money or the resources to do it. So they worked in a bike shop. And so what most people don't know is the first airplane was built because the Wright brothers were willing to work in a bike shop. And they worked in the bike shop to pay the bills and have the money so that at night they could work on the airplane. So at night they could work on the airplane. So on the weekends they could work on the airplane. But without the job at the bike shop, they would never have the resources to build the first airplane. And so that's the gradual Gradual passion. That's the side hustle idea. That's the, hey, I want to do something, but... Maybe I don't want to quit my job or do something crazy. And sometimes the itch is so strong that you've got to just do something about it. And there's a famous story that Cortez with his men in the boats, um, the, I don't know if you want to tell it, but it's, it's kind of more the radical approach. No, right now, in this moment, something's got to change. Something's got to give. And, and Cortez kind of took his men, you know, at landed, you know, and, and Kevin knows the story way better than I do, but basically he said, we're either going to fight and we're going to survive or we're going to fight and we're going to die. And then he lit the boats behind him on fire because we're not going back. Mm. He's like, we're going to, we're going to fight now. And they did, they fight and they won and they conquered. Was also- any of this for you guys, um, in any one of these businesses, a, for a, did you take that gradual approach? D- that gradual passion or has, have you always been more of that kind of Let's go. I think our nature is more the radical. Okay. I think that's, but that's a lot of times why, why maybe somebody can't relate because they're saying, well, I've, I've got to do this to get through. But I think when we look back, we were willing to do the radical, but that didn't mean the success happened radically or overnight. I mean, our, th- this, that's so, a good lesson there that's too. That, lesson. That's that so don't true. expect just because you've made the radical and overnight jump, success happens that, in ten years. Yeah, so. your business is going to radically happen. That's, yeah, I mean, I, I remember Garrett and I, you know, living at home respectively with our parents, <laughs> trying to figure out what we were going to do and how we were going to pay the bills that month, and that that happened a lot of times, and it was, but. I think the important thing is that whether it's an idea or a concept or a career move, that the vision is clear. Because if the vision is clear, you'll be willing to get through those. If we would not have had a clear vision, we would have quit a hundred times. We'd have maybe quit earlier today. Well, that reminds (laughs) me of, um, you probably read it, that Simon Sinek wrote the book, The Power of Why. Um, And when your why, when you have a strong why, what and how follow. 
Yeah. But when you don't, when you don't have a clear vision, what and how fizzles, right? Yeah. It just kind of burns away because you're you're not driven by that ultimate why. Yeah. We say it this way, that when the vision is clear, the mundane becomes meaningful. That those those activities that are no fun. I like that, I like that better than cynic, to, actually. Well, you could really write a book. Actually, have you written, yeah, you should can write you repeat that? Because yeah. I kind of want to write that down. Yeah, right that's now. good. Say that one more time. Yeah. So when the vision is clear, the mundane becomes meaningful. And... A lot of times, I think when you're launching something, everybody's excited about the ultimate. The challenge is the immediate. What am I going to do to get to where I want to go? And the reason that most people quit or they give up is because they don't have a clear picture of where they want to end up. And so launching anything, it's not to say that it's not going to change a hundred times, but if you don't have a clear picture of where you want to go, I don't think you'll ever have the willingness to get there. We certainly would not have. Sure. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, as you think about this gradual and radical approach. We've actually had interviews with folks where it was kind of this gradual approach. It was a side hustle. It was kind of a job on the side, and they, they were leveraging their passion to do something they love. However, there's there was always a point where they had to make the radical next step. Yep. For the business to grow, for them to take the next step, they had to move from being gradual to radical. So I think there's probably, it sounds like there, you could approach this both ways, but there's also an, a way you could approach it initially as Here's well. Here's another just nugget. So Jeff Bezos, arguably one of the top three richest people in the world, you know, Amazon um, stud. He kind of has, it's called the Bezos rule, which is basically once you have 70% of the information, go. Do like, it. Do it. You don't need 90, you don't need 100, you're never going to get there. He's like, and the, and the reason is it's like, it's kind of the fear of the first step. It's like, I'm afraid until I get more information. I'm afraid until I get more information. Bezos says that 70% we're going. Because any action, it's not like irre- irreversible, like irreconcilable. Like you can always change and adapt and adjust, but do it at 70%. Don't wait till you get to 90 because then it may be too late. And so I think at that moment, hey, take the radical point at some point, but know that you can always change and adapt. And at 70%, just go. Well, it's fascinating, Garrett, because we've we've actually talked about what we call the um, the innovation model or you know the startup model, and that is understand the problem you're trying to solve, imagine some solutions, but then rapidly prototype. <laughs> yeah. That's where the seventy percent comes in. It's like, hey, I don't necessarily know it's going to be toothpicks and rubber bands, and we're going to put it out there and see what kind of reaction. But what that allows you to do, and Jeff would say this. He would say, our customer will then fill in the rest. They'll they'll give us the 30% that we need. We'll give them certain product, and then they'll tell us, hey, we like this, we don't like this. You come back, you modify it, then you come back to market. That's, that's, a, great, that's sure. a great principle, yep. for sure. That's good stuff. So as you guys are, give us a sense of some of the work or projects that you're working on so we can get a, a better sense of what Addo's working on right now. So we have a high school leadership program with Chick-fil-A called Chick-fil-A Leader Academy that's uh, – <laughs> this is a good perspective. Four years ago, we were sitting at three schools in Metro Atlanta, and uh, this early school, startup, early startup, seventy uh, percent, so, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, Maybe, that, if, if that, let's be honest. <laughs> and uh, this fall, that program will be in seven hundred schools in forty states. And it's uh, like twenty thousand. Yeah. So you've partnered with it. the brand, uh, a brand Chick Fil A, uh-huh. and it is a leadership based 
curriculum for high schools for specific groups of leaders to go through. They're a part of this program, and they come out on the other side having been taught servant leadership and a variety of other things around yeah, leadership and, principles. And it really comes down to the concept that we believe at Addo that doing good is good business. And if we can help brands do more meaningful activities, bring their brands to life, they're going to develop uh, more brand loyalty, their customers are going to become raving fans, their employees are going to have greater loyalty. And so for Chick-fil-A, that's a great way for them to show what their brand values in a community. And now all of a sudden, if you imagine you have 25,000 high school leaders across America learning Chick-fil-A's approach to leadership, well, guess what? A lot of times high school students start looking for a job. Well, and where, where are they going to work? At the McDonald's or the Taco Bell or the Chick-fil-A? Mm. And so it's it's helping those brands do good and do good business. We do a similar uh, program with the Atlanta Braves to help them activate their brand in uh, Braves country all across the Southeast. So I find this interesting because you guys are – Super sharp. You have all of this background experience. You could have, you've, Kevin, I know you've written a couple books. So you could take some of these lessons that you guys have learned over the years. You could package them. You could have gone straight to the school and said, hey, we have some leadership curriculum that you might be interested in. What was the rationale for building a business that partners with other businesses? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, I'd say there's two, just candidly, there's two things. One, there's a halo effect. So we're glad that you're sitting here in the Addo offices, but a lot of your listeners probably have not heard of Addo. I would doubt that there's somebody listening to this podcast who hasn't heard of Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so one of it, we've got to the just brand be honest halo about that brand is pretty halo. Okay. The second part is, to be honest on the other side, Chick-fil-A makes chicken sandwiches really well. Chick-fil-A develops leaders really well. Chick-fil-A doesn't know how to teach high school students leadership across America. We know how to do that. So if we can bring what we're best in the world at and combine with a brand who's doing what they're doing best in class, together the opportunity to make impact is exponential. And that's, I think, something that we're committed to. Gary, anything you'd add? I can't top that. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, it's pretty. It's pretty incredible how fast you guys have grown. What what dynamics has that created when you've got that kind of growth? Two words: trust and loyalty. I think matter more than anything. Um, and this is just being very honest. When we first got the, here's why I love Chick Fil A. When we first got the deal with Chick Fil A, it was year one. So Kevin, like I said, best friend, business partner. We were growing the team, growing the brand, and we kind of had this idea to take this program to high schools across America to teach thousands of students about servant leadership. One year in, uh, my dad had worked in the insurance business for 40 years. 40 years, he finally retired, and after he retired, we were going to do all these fun things together. 30 days later, he found out he had stage 4 cancer and a year left to live. And Kevin and I went back to the team at Chick-fil-A and said, hey, we know we've got this long-term commitment in this deal, but I'm going to have to step away. I'm going to move back in. I'm going to take care of my dad. And they said, that's exactly why we hired you guys. And Kevin picked up the mantle, and he ran with it, and he did this, and he gave me the opportunity to take the time to be with my dad. It was the best year of my entire life. I got to be there with him and do all these amazing things. And my dad passed away, and I was able to come back, but I'll always have that memory with my dad because the people that we 
decided to hire were the right types of people, their hearts in the right places. It was more than just a paycheck. It was it was an opportunity to work on a project that had purpose and meaning with a brand that cared about something more than just the bottom line. And so I think that's the thing that we care about with Addo is no matter how big we get or who we hire or where we go or what companies we work with, we want to instill that idea in future brands and future people that we bring on. Well, Garrett, thanks for sharing that. Um, that's a powerful example and a reminder that life is too short to do business with people you wouldn't want to do life with. And I think that's there's a principle in that, in that um, I, I think oftentimes in our zeal and our passion, our you know excitement about starting a business and getting this thing going, and you make the mistake sometimes of saying yes to the sale, and you forget about the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so just as a reminder, depending on where you're at or what you're doing, just make sure you're partnering with people. That's the lesson in that. Partner with people that you'd love to do life with. Because life will happen in the middle of the business deal. And you, that's and it's a gr an unbelievable example. And I, I just uh, I think it's important to remind all of us that, hey, relationships matter in business and in life. And so why not? Why not? Why yeah. not do business together in a relationship? So thanks so much for sharing that. Um, as you guys, I mean, you guys are relatively young. I'm not going to say your age, but just believe me, they're young. Okay, <laughs> they're a lot younger than me. So, and you guys have already done a whole lot. Who have you surrounded yourselves with? to make sure that you're making good decisions, that you've got counsel and you've got coaching. Talk a little bit about mentoring, because we talk a lot about that at Launch University, about the importance of having a mentor or people around you to help. Um, talk about talk a little bit about some of the relationships that you yeah. guys have. The problem with that, Shane, is limiting it, because there have <laughs> been so many people who have come alongside. And I think that's Probably the one change, you talk about three companies, you know, being involved with Garrett as he launched his first company, he and I launching the second and the third together. When we think about that, I think probably a difference in Addo, Garrett, correct me if I'm wrong, from the years, is maybe a little bit of humility, a little more humility oh, yeah. in, in round three than it had early on. For sure. And I think with that humility comes understanding that there are other people who are smarter and better than we are. And different people play different roles in different seasons. There are some that it's a tactical role. It's you need somebody who has a strength in an area where you're weak. But there's also some that you surround yourself with that they're not going to play an active role in the business, but their role is to be your cheerleader. So, mm. so somebody's listening to this, and maybe they're an entrepreneur, but nobody in their family is an entrepreneur. Are there an entrepreneur trying to innovate within a business that doesn't really value Innovation. Uh, innovation. <laughs> or they're looking at doing something different, and everybody around them tells them, well, keep, you know, that's not how we do it. Keep doing the same thing. And we'll, we'll hang out with Garrett and I both. One of our biggest mentors is Coach Vince Dooley, who is the Hall of Fame football coach at, at, from UGA, turned 85 recently. And, you know, he talks about, you know, just doing what's right. That he, he always reminds us that in – in changing times, hold to unchanging principles. And so it's people like that, that that encourage you when you need to be pushed a little bit, but then maybe rein you in when you need to be brought back in a little bit. And so I just, I think here's what a mistake we make sometimes, Shane, is we look for the one mentor who's going to do everything. And you're probably not going to find somebody who's going to do everything. You need to find people that will help you tactically. You need to find people that are going to 
be there for you on your spiritual journey, and then people that are going to be there for you in that just encouragement role that you need. Uh, and a lot of times that's different people. Mm. That's good. Garrett, thoughts? And sometimes it's not the people closest to you. And, and you know, it's sometimes it's not going to be, you know, mom and dad that, you know, maybe they want the, the safer thing for you, but you got something deep inside of you, that voice that's crying or calling out that screams to do something different or do something big or bold. And, and that's okay. Like mom and dad are going to love you no matter what. Especially, I think they're going to love you if you if you chase and follow those passions. I think probably both of our parents have worried about us at different times. When we said we were going to start a charity, they said, how are you going to make any money? And we said, well, we'll figure that out one day. And how are you going to teach leadership uh, if, you've, if you've, uh, you're you've trying to figure it out as you go along? We said, you know, we're going to keep following our passions and following our heart and what the good Lord's, you know, the abilities He's given us. And uh and, you know, like Kevin said, it's not an overnight success. It's a gradual day by day, month by month, year by year. And I think it's easy 10 years later, you know, for someone to look at it and say, today, we'd love to, you know, sit down and talk and ask you guys a question. But it's, it's in those moments, it's really, really tough that a lot of people have supported us and been there for us and helped us and given us advice um, from all different walks of life. What advice would you give? I want you to imagine sitting right here with us today is uh, somebody that's a launcher and they're in their mid twenties. They're trying to start a company or a nonprofit, or just maybe they're just trying to get an idea through a business. How would you, what advice would you give them in finding a mentor or finding a support group? Yeah. My advice would be to find other people who you either look up to or you admire who've done that. You so be, they've already they're ahead of you a little bit. They've done something they've 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 taken those risks. Because for me, you didn't say how old we are, but I'm just a few years younger than Garrett. So we're both young. But I remember meeting Garrett and him talking about you know, this this vision and this passion. And I didn't feel like I was a, a launcher or a starter, but somebody spoke that life into me. And I remember, Garrett, you spoke at your college graduation, both of them, so grad school and undergrad. But in undergrad, you told a story that you've told me many times about that voice inside you that gets quieter as it gets older. And I I would love for Garrett to tell the launcher the same advice he told me 10 years ago when I was graduating from college. Yeah, and it's simply this, that whoever is listening right now, like pull over your car, like focus in right now. If you can just listen for the next 10 seconds, there is a voice that's speaking to you right now. You know it. I know it. We all know it. And it's spoken to you since you were a young person. And the older and older we get, the more and more we push that voice aside until one day that voice may never come back again. But if this is the moment and this is the podcast and this is the opportunity that you've been waiting for, for permission to do something about that dream, that idea, that first step, that voice, then this podcast is the one that's given you permission to do it. And in whatever opportunity or advice that you need, I would just say take those 10 seconds of insane courage and take that first step, you know, do that first thing act on that, that, that still small voice that's calling out to you. Because if you don't, it may never come back again. And that's the challenge. So we can officially end the podcast now. <laughs> um, wow, that was uh, powerful. 
Um, because I think so bad. As you asked me, it asked us to pause. I myself paused and said, you know, I reflected back. When was that moment that I took a chance and listened to that still voice? Because what's so special about that is if you choose to listen, that voice can actually get a little louder, right? Yeah. It can get yeah, louder yeah, yes, and more yeah. energy and more excitement about what you're going to do. But if you don't, you, what I heard you say is you'll push that down, and the older you get, the quieter that voice gets. Wow, that's and powerful. Shane, I just add this. You, you mentioned something before we started that. You talked about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. And in some ways, I think as an entrepreneur, you almost think we're a little bit more like, oh, an entrepreneur. That's not as, you know, they're not as, it's not as exciting as what we do. But in many ways, that's so much tougher and so much more challenging because you're trying to innovate and launch within the confines of an organization. And so I think Garrett's advice is as important to that person launching within an organization as it is externally because the, the res, not, you're not just going to have voices. You're not just going to have the internal suppression of that voice. You're going to have the active, external, external right. suppression yeah. of well, that it's voice. It's so fascinating. It goes back to why why is it important to have mentors and actually accountability and, and folks around us? And I, I came across this, across this quote several years ago, and it was like, when everybody thinks the same, Nobody has to think very much. Yeah. So think about it as you as maybe you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're in a business right now, and you're sitting around the table and you have an idea. The problem is, for the most part, everybody in the room is thinking about the same stuff. It's the same business, it has been for years, and you're the lone voice that comes up with an idea. And when everybody thinks the same, nobody has to think very much. So they just push that idea down. Quick story for you, Shane. We work with a partner large organization that packs millions of meals. And their CEO, CEO told us this last year. He said, my problem is not getting people excited. My problem is once everybody's excited and moving in a direction, having somebody in my organization that has the courage to stand up and say, we're going the wrong way. And he uses an old biblical story of 12 spies going to, to look at a promised land and not to get spiritual for anybody, but two of them basically say we should go, 10 say we shouldn't, and the majority was wrong, but they listened to the majority. And, and they really talk about, and this happens from charities to the biggest corner offices and boardrooms, is needing people with the courage to speak up, to lead, and to launch not only when the majority is wrong, but especially when the majority is wrong. Well, and it's so important to have that outside perspective that can give you maybe a different way to think about the challenge that you're facing, whether it's a decision you made or maybe that's just feedback on the decision you've already made. You're just like, okay, what do I need to be thinking about? What do I need to be you know, trying or doing or what's my next step? And I think oftentimes what's fascinating is Oftentimes, we're just a little nervous to ask them. But here's what I found. There's two answers to the question, will you help me? 90% of the time, what's the answer? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because we've all been in the situation where we needed help, and we remember what it felt like when somebody said, yes, I'll help you. So my encouragement would be just ask the question. You'd be amazed that by just going up to that mentor, can I grab you a cup of coffee and just have a, a short conversation? 90% of the time it's going to be yes. And that's some, I think that should be encouraging to you because 
you've already seen through these stories and examples the power of having people around you that are helping you through this journey. So, Absolutely. Guys, it's amazing. We're into 32 minutes, and so for our <laughs> listeners, I don't know if you've already reached your destination and now you're just sitting in the car listening to the end of this, but I just want to say on behalf of Launch University, thank you so much. It's such a joy to hear what's going on with Addo, the business, and where you guys are taking us in the future with leadership across the world. It's going to be awesome. And um, we thank you for your time today. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Shane. So please continue to uh, listen and join us. And if uh, you've got friends that are might be interested in this, again, go to uh, launchuniversity.com, and we would love to partner with you as you try to be better and better difference makers in the world. So thanks so much. If you're interested in more information about Addo, where can they find you guys? Yeah, so you can go to our website, which is addo.is. Uh, you can check out. So Garrett actually has a book coming out, 10 Seconds of Insane Courage, coming out. In oh, the 20- I look forward to that. So, When's it coming out? Yeah, uh, 2017. December 2017. So Perfect, <laughs> perfect Christmas gift for everybody out there. I love it. Yep. That's great. So well, congratulations to you. And again, congratulations to both of you. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Launch University Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.